Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Mario Diarmis, and with me today is Carmine Vidania. Our topic today will be anger management in marriages. How are you today, Carmine? I'm doing well, thank you, Mario. How about yourself? Doing very well, thank you. And it's so wonderful to have you here to broach this interesting topic and uh, looking forward to your insights throughout. Uh, before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your clinical background, your mm -hmm. history? Sure, sure. Well, um, I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I've been with Wellspring a little over six years, and I enjoy working with couples and with adults. Wonderful, wonderful. And this is uh, definitely your area, uh, you know, helping couples in this process, sorting through their differences, seeing, you know, their common traits and where they can find that common ground. So as we broach this topic, I wanted to ask you just to open up, uh, how would you define anger and is it a healthy option and normal. emotion? Yeah, um, anger is normal. I mean, I think if we're honest, I know I have some anger, right? Who doesn't? Um, however, it's how we express it. That's what determines whether it is healthy or unhealthy. And according to the Britannica Dictionary, anger is a strong feeling of being upset or annoyed because of something wrong or bad. The feeling that makes someone want to hurt people or to shout. And according to Larry Crabb, who's a Christian psychologist, he passed away this, um, this year, um, he would define it as a strong feeling of annoyance pain or frustration caused by a blocked goal we have set for ourselves, either consciously or unconsciously. And when goals are blocked, it's normal to feel frustrated or furious, depending how important that goal seemed to us. Mm. Um, Dr. Crabb also went on to say that every human being longs for the security of relationship and the significance of purpose. And I do agree with that statement that we all want security and significance. And when these desires are unmet and they are going to be unmet this side of heaven, we feel valid pain, right? Right, um, yes. So that's definitely, I think, important that um, anger is going to be part of the human experience. Um, and it's important to distinguish between goals and desires. A goal is an objective that is under my control. I can decide to minister to somebody at my church, to serve somebody at my church. I can decide to go back to school. I can decide to lose weight. Um, however, desire is an objective. Usually our desires are good, um, but I cannot reach this desire through my efforts alone. Right. An example might be a Christian wanting their spouse to be committed to the Lord. You want your child to make good grades. Um, you want your spouse to lose weight. Um, but once again, a goal is only um, something that I can reach on my own. The desire is just that. It's a longing. Right. Um, yes. So according to Crab, when these goals and desires are blocked, we're going to feel anger. 
Yeah. And it's that relationship between the two, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you think oftentimes couples don't communicate their desires and then subsequently establish goals? Is it sort of oh, something they harbor? Yes, that's, yeah, that's great, Marie. That's great insight. It happens so often. And that's why I always like to educate um, my couples between the difference. Goal is something you can do on your own. And a desire is something you can communicate to your spouse, but you cannot reach that or um, overpower. Exactly. Yourself in that area, right? But it is so important to communicate our desires and and they're legitimate. Most of our desires are going to want to be, you know, it's going to be a blessing to our spouse a lot of times. I mean, it's a lot of times good, but we don't have the control. That's the piece of it. We don't have control over those legitimate desires. Yeah, C.S. Lewis spoke a lot about desires and and God Mm. placing them within us. But yeah, that also requires discernment. And at some point saying, okay, I long for this and you have your own desires as well. How do we concretize them? Because otherwise anger does emerge. And it's interesting in our discussion, talking about the roots of anger. Mm. And you had a lot of interesting insights on that score. Okay, great. Thank you, Mario. Um, Yeah, the common roots are fear, pain, and frustration. And I really would um, put pain at the top, right? Because fear and frustration are really linked um, under pain. But fear is when the legitimate goal of feeling secure is threatened. Many people express their fear as anger over uncertainty, fear of losing their job, fear of losing someone. Fear of losing control, that's a big one. I mean, I think we saw this with um, COVID-19, the pandemic, the lockdowns. Um, There was a a lot of anger, a lot of um, people realizing we are not in control. Mm. We cannot buy what we want at the grocery store. Um, There were things that were missing, things that, um, you know, were so different and just going to work. We couldn't go to work. I mean, there was, we really are not in control. We really are not. We have an illusion that we are. Um, But I think realizing that definitely can trigger anger. The next one is pain. And that's when the legitimate goal of feeling significant or having a certainty that we are engaged in in a responsibility that is truly important and purposeful is unmet, we mm. commonly feel pain. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, people, absolutely. Yeah. People express this pain by uh, feeling unimportant or invisible as anger over being dismissed, disrespected, or overlooked. Right. And lastly, that frustration is when we desire our world keep us feeling comfortably loved and significant. And when this desire is blocked, we may feel frustrated. Our goal is blocked. We feel something good is missing. And commonly people express their frustrations as anger. Yeah, so that's why I said earlier that anger is normal. It's normal because, you know, who doesn't have fears? Who doesn't have pain? Who doesn't have frustrations? It it actually signals the three. Yeah. It points to those three. So un- unresolved pain, unresolved fear, 
then oftentimes surfaces in that way. Yes. Uh, and that's where we kind of come to that point of how does the dynamic within that, within that setting, you know, right. come forth. Right. It's, that's how, how do we express it is there is a lot of unresolved anger. I mean, excuse me, unresolved pain is going to come out probably in um, open aggression. It's probably going to come out in a more of a violent way because that pain and that those fears, that frustration is still alive, so to speak. They haven't yeah. resolved. Exactly. Exactly. Either we vocalize it or it, it dictates a lot of the things that we do. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a subtle difference. But once we can actually bring it to the light and, and see what's at the root, then oftentimes it leads to the reconciliation, the understanding of the other's uh, challenges and concerns. So yes. it, it, it is a powerful thing to discuss. And then when you look at anger, it's divided in different ways. We were talking about that earlier too, mm -hmm. right? The common types of anger. Yes, yes. There are three common types. The first one is passive aggression. And this is where we get the term passive aggressive. You're a passive aggressive person or that person is a passive aggressive. This involves acting indirectly aggressive indirectly aggressive rather than directly aggressive, right? An example might be a teenager who keys his parents' car instead of confronting them about what he thinks is an unreasonable curfew, okay? Another exactly. one may be a husband agrees to go to an unpleasant event with the wife, and when the time comes to go, he bails out at the last minute, right? Um, so passive aggression, a lot of times has an element of punishment to it. Um, it's subtle. It's more of a subtle um, type of anger. And we see in 2 Samuel chapter 1, the story of David and Bathsheba. And we're not going to get into the whole story, but just the piece where um, Bathsheba and David had an affair and Bathsheba conceived and Bathsheba was married. And her husband, Uriah, was in David's army fighting. And David sent word to the commander, put Uriah in the front line so that he could be killed anyway. Right. You know. Right. So. No, that's a whole, that's a whole <laughs> soap opera right there. Yeah, that's definitely a soap opera. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then the next type is open aggression and this is um acting overtly and demonst and demonstrably aggressive an example might be a husband who pounds his fist on the table a husband or wife who takes their spouse's cell phone and uh, slams it on the ground um a wife who screams or berates her husband any type of physical or verbal assault is under open aggression and um, definitely domestic violence falls under this category of anger. And I um, just wanted to take a minute here. And if you are um, undergoing domestic violence, there is help available. There's a domestic violence hotline. I'll just give the number 1-800-799-7233. Um, if you're in a church, you can reach out to your pastor perhaps to a leader. Wellspring has counselors that are qualified 
to help you. You don't have to suffer alone. Um, and in the Bible, we see in Genesis chapter 16, Abraham and Sarah abusing Hagar. And Hagar was um, Sarah's maidservant. And Sarah basically ordered her to have sexual relations with Abraham. She did. She conceived. And then Sarah turned against her. And the word says Sarah abused her. And it also implies that Abraham knew what was going on. And Abraham said, do what you want with her. And Sarah, Sarah basically banished her to the desert. And God intervened and Hagar came back, thankfully. Um, here we see the Lord having mercy on Hagar. But the point here was that um, there was abuse. There was abuse. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then lastly, which is the one that we want to strive for is assertive anger. And this involves nonviolent yet firm displays of anger, assertive displays of anger. Um, once again, not all anger is bad. It's the expression of it that makes it so. Exactly. You got that. And mature couples stop and they try to understand the cause of their anger. And then they approach their spouse to communicate um, what's going on without trying to hurt them. You know, that's so important because when we're in the heat of an argument, a lot of times it's easy to think, oh, our, our spouse is our enemy. Feels like he or she is an enemy, right? Right. We have to repeat that to ourselves. You know, the, he or she is not my enemy. Um, and we yeah. see Jesus um, in Matthew, Matthew 21 in the temple. Right, where people were making the temple a den of robbers instead of a house of prayer. Right, This was basically an injustice that was being done. And he handled it very assertively. Once again, you can read it um, in Matthew 21, but he did not um, curse. You know, He did not um, hit the, the people. He didn't hit the animals. You know, He was just very assertive. Like, this needs to change. This needs to, um, this is a house of prayer. Right. So he did. Exactly. Right. And that's where anger in response to an injustice or anger right. to mm -hmm. address a wound, a concern mm -hmm. properly expressed is healthy. Right. And that's, yes. that's where on the one end, anger that's reckless and hurtful mm -hmm. and destructive is is the type of anger that that can be divisive but anger expressed mm -hmm. the right way mm -hmm. gives permission for your for your partner you know your husband your wife to yeah. also respond mm -hmm. accordingly and and it leads to that dialogue that's so important in mm -hmm. maintaining a relationship grounded in in faith and that's that's such a great distinction on your part. Mm -hmm. uh, when we come back, we're actually going to broach the subject of anger as a secondary emotion. But uh, loving this conversation, Carmina, and looking forward to uh, continuing this uh, this whole sequence of topics. Thank you. So we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to Wellspring on the Air. This is Mario Diarmas here with Carmine Vidagna. Uh, we've been discussing the topic of anger management in marriage. 
if you've joined us just recently, you could find us on your favorite podcast channel on Wellspring on the Air or on our website blog page at wellspringmiami.org. Just search for this topic. So Carmine, we've had a lot to discuss and now we're moving into this idea of anger as a secondary emotion. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, I'd be glad to. Um, well, the researchers, doctors, John and Julie Gottman coined the term, the anger iceberg. They were the first ones. And um, we can see the tip of an iceberg when you think of an iceberg in the water, but most of it is underwater, out of sight. And it's the same thing when we see anger, right? That's why we, we call it a secondary emotion because um, you can see the tip, which is the angry behavior, but the largest part of the iceberg, what we can't see under the surface is usually pain of some kind. And a lot of times it's easier to be angry than to be sad, um, easier to be angry than to be vulnerable. Um, so, you know, the pain can be grief, it can be jealousy, it can be loneliness, fear, anxiety, exhaustion, embarrassment, feeling rejected, right? So you've got to really be willing to um, be authentic, be vulnerable and say, hey, I'm really feeling sad instead yes. of just displaying that, that anger um, because it's easier to display that anger many times. And that's why it is a secondary emotion. And the Gottman research um, led to understanding that anger is a mask or a cover for deeper emotions. Exactly, exactly. Well, you break the spell, right? Yeah. It, it stops becoming a competition to see who wins the argument, who has the better point. This yeah. back and forth that's very cyclical. Very, yes. Yes. And it gets, it gets to the core. Right, right. That's what we want to do. And our spouses can be triggers, Mario. You know, um, I've been married for a while, almost 30 years, and I can definitely attest I can be a trigger for my husband and he can be one for me. And, um, the, you know, the word says uh, one man sharp, you know, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens the other, right? That's so right. there's a lot of friction. And if That's we right. have a lot of pain in our souls, if there is past trauma, um, the, ang the displayed anger may definitely be that open aggression that we were talking about earlier. That's right. No, absolutely. And it's just great to, uh, to be able to bring it to the light and to have that self-awareness mm -hmm. uh, because entering that conversation with all that baggage can lead to almost a more, uh, a good way to put it, just a frustrating interaction. Yeah, fireworks. Fireworks, <laughs> and, then, and then you're rendered discouraged and, mm -hmm. and nothing fruitful comes forth, but being able to say, wow, this is really more about me being hurt over a comment said to me the other day, or, exactly. or your spouse feeling neglected in this particular area, mm -hmm. then all of that is fuel for, yes. for that interaction. Definitely. What about the genetic and environmental factors? Yeah, so nature or nurture, right? That's always the question. And the answer is both. 
um, there was a study done in 2008 by Koch, and he um, stated that neglecting to provide early basic physical needs and emotional support as a parent can later lead to higher scores of aggression in childhood, right? So we're going to talk about some trauma here. And so that, that definitely isn't um, surprising. Also, a 2017 University of Montreal study um, on a set of 555 twins, sets of 555 twins revealed that aggressive behavior in six-year-old children share most of the same genetic factors, right? So it's really both. Um, research also has found that anger is a risk factor for heart disease, as well as high blood pressure, headaches, skin disorders, and digestive problems. A lot of negative um, illnesses come from anger. Um, this is interesting, and um, this is an environmental factor. According to the research group, legal templates, divorce rates were up 34%. 34%. Wow. That's a lot, right? Between March and June of 2020, compared to that same time in 2019, right? And their data also showed that marital unhappiness and the desire to separate peaked April 13th, 2020. Do you remember what was happening during that? Oh, yes. Wow. Right? What a correlation there. Mm -hmm. The quarantine state lockdowns and domestic violence, other um, <clears throat> situations were also on the rise, but domestic violence also increased as well. So there's definitely a link between the environment and um, stress and strain. Right, because now you factor in the socioeconomic with I... the removal of certain escapes and your your you know, facing your difficulty or the trigger in, right. in an amplified way. Exactly. You can't get away from the pain almost. Exactly. Yeah. And nurture is also just as important. Nature nurtures at 50-50. Who, who really knows? But what was modeled at home? That's very important. Um, did you undergo, um, you know, um, viewing domestic violence? Um, was there a lot of fighting or were you able to identify your, your feelings of anger and speak about them and they were, were they validated? But, you know, if you were taught something that was not healthy, you can definitely unlearn it. That's, that's a good point. You can unlearn it. You don't have to stick with it for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And acquiring those tools, not just for your benefit today, but for how it plays out when life throws you a curveball or when you're in a situation such as a pandemic where you can implement those tools and lessons, plus the ongoing efforts to heal from our own wounds right. so, that, so exactly. that it does affect my relationship with my spouse as well. So Mm -hmm. All those, mm -hmm. all those factors definitely come into play. Yeah, there was also this, this observation from Dr. Robert Agnew at Emory. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, How yes. He did find um, research based that there was a link between strain, right, environmental strain or strain in your life 
and violence. There was definitely mm. um, a strain there. And we know that anger, right? It, when there is violence, the emotion is anger. And he, he was able to research that and, and prove that. And Carmine, how do you think anger affects marriages? Why is it so important to reflect on this issue? Mm, yes, this is um, the question. How does it affect marriages? It affects it um, greatly because if there's a lot of anger, a lot of display of that um, open aggression, um, you're not going to be close. How can you, right? So it's important to reflect on it, Mario, because you can improve your marriage. You can have a stronger marriage. Um, it, we know that it causes a breakdown in connection and marital distress is high. So working on it can make um, you a lot closer, a lot happier. Um, not working on it, you know, is you're going to erode trust. We know it can lead to violence. It can lead to illness. It's also linked to insomnia. And um, by focusing on it and improve, it can improve your relationship with your spouse and your relationship with God. James mm -hmm. 1, 19 through 20 says, know this, my beloved brothers, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And it can also lead to peace because, yes, we are speaking about anger in the context of marriage, but it's not only about having that better connection with your spouse. It's primarily having that better connection with God and feeling better because if there's a lot of unresolved pain, unresolved yes. trauma, you're not going to have peace. You're going to have moments of peace. So there are just so many reasons to be intentional, to reflect on. Yes, that's so beautifully stated and, and such a fundamental point. And how would you say you can express discontent, like healthy expression of anger that right. honors God within that marriage? Exactly, yeah. Well, first you wanna normalize it. It's okay to feel anger. It's okay, it's how we express it. What do we do with that anger? Um, so you want to express it to yourself, validate that this is what you feel, and to God. This is what I'm feeling, God. Help me. Pray. Um, and then you want to, after you're controlled, then you're going to approach your spouse. And you're going to have a gentle startup, which is those I statements, not you. You know, I felt hurt. I felt disrespected. I felt unloved. Timing is very important because you don't want to have this type of conversation when your spouse is tired, when he or she is getting ready for bed. So timing is important. Our words, choosing our words, God honoring uh, words are so um, pivotal. And the other point here is that anger, if left um you know, without um, looking at it, just left to itself, pushed down, can lead to depression. Mm, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's so important. Which segues into the last point as far as what are other ways to deal with anger and what are the resources available so as to avoid just that yeah. depression? 
Exactly. So you don't want to push it down. You want to normalize it. Um, it can be hard to express it in a healthy way, but you can learn that, you know, you may not have been taught in your family of origin. Um, you may have fear when you this emotion bubbles up in you. Um, but that's okay. It's just an emotion. It's what you do with it that's destructive. It can be a blind spot. You may not even know, um, mm. right? Uh, but you can learn. There's the word, the Bible, books. There's so much information in this day and age. There's podcasts and then there's counseling. Um, but you want to think before you speak. You want to use those I statements. I felt disrespected when you forgot right. to talk. And let me know you'd be late for dinner. I need you to communicate with me and I would appreciate a text or a call. That's so important, right? To put the yes. I statements there instead of, you're late. I can't believe you did this again to me. You always. Yeah. Right. Get away right. That. <laughs> no, it makes such a difference because one sort mm -hmm. of provokes that defensive stance yeah. and the other one invites the dialogue yes, to happen. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's what you I, want to do. Invite dialogue, communicate. Absolutely. That's, that's so wonderful. And uh, all the resources you've provided have been so helpful. Mm -hmm. I think of a time where my mom and dad who love each other so much, but mm -hmm. also know how to push each other's buttons. My dad is a, a neat person to say uh, the least uh, he's like Danny Tanner at full house everything is impeccable oh, wow. and my mom was feeding my dog Cuban bread on the couch and you saw my dad's face go purple and he walked away it was amazing he went into his office came back out and my mom knew it she goes I'm sorry <laughs> so it was it was that recognition and no escalating uh, but also knowing what your partner's likes and dislikes and then being able to voice that. That's uh, right. And calming so yourself vital. down, going for a walk before um, targeting, you know, the, the, the conflict is great. Um, praying, exactly. journaling, um, right? Um, focus on the family.org, familylifetoday.org, the Gottman Institute. Those are all great resources where they have articles, they have podcasts. Um, there's also um, a website I just wanted to give out here. It's um, www.marriageministry.org slash dealing with anger in marriage. And this is a quiz. So this will give you some insight as to um, anger, if it's really a, a problem, an issue in your marriage or not. If you have a blind spot, it may be surprising that, you know, it is an issue or you may get a result where, oh, not, real not really a problem. Um, and then the importance of counseling, if you need further help is available. Counseling is a safe place. Um, you can learn the research-based Gottman approach, what works in marriage, what doesn't. Um, you can learn that soft startup instead of a harsh startup. Yes. Different perspectives, compromise, de-escalating. Your father was, you know, just such a great example. He went into the oh, other yeah. room. The other room is great and calmed himself down. I was very proud of him. I really was. Yeah. And 
Carmine, thank you for your knowledge, for your insight, and for joining us today and providing that faith perspective as well. And I look forward to many conversations in the future. Um, as we wrap up, I want to thank you, and we hope that you all enjoyed the show titled Anger Management in Marriages. Uh, if you join this program midstream, you can find this show and others on podcasts at Wellspring on the Air or on our blog on wellspringmiami.org. The title of today's show was Anger Management in Marriages. Encourage us and let us know you are listening by sending comments or questions to on the air at wellspringmiami.org. This is Mario Diarmas with Wellspring on the Air because hearts and minds are